Hey, welcome to Emmaus. If you missed last week's message, want to re-listen, or you're just tuning in, we hope this recording is a blessing to you. As always, you can find out more about Emmaus at peacechurch.cc slash youngadults. Let's grab a seat. If you have a Bible, uh, you can open it to Hebrews 11. And we all have a Bible because we all have a phone. So, Hebrews 11. Awesome. Um, <laughs> so I, I did this illustration um, recently. It's something that most people don't know about me. I don't talk about it a lot. Um, but raise your hand if you've ever climbed a mountain before. Right. I've actually climbed Mount Whitney in California, which is 14... 1,505 feet to the peak, I'm actually something of a mountain climber. Um, I've also climbed Pikes Peak in Colorado, 14,115 feet to the peak. Um, Again, I don't talk about it a lot, but uh, raise your hand if you've ever heard of Mount Kilimanjaro. Everyone say Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro. Uh, 19,341 feet. I climbed it. Yeah. But the coolest mountain I've climbed, um, we're all thinking about it. 29,032 feet. The coolest mountain I've climbed is obviously Mount Everest. Um, So I've never touched a peak of a mountain at all. I didn't hike any of the trails of these places. I'd, I've never physically traveled to any of them. Um, and in, in, in literally no sense of the word have I ever climbed any of these mountains. Um, but, <laughs> but I have an idea on how to do it, and isn't that enough? In fact, why don't we all here just say that we've all climbed Mount Everest? It's actually kind of easy. You go to alpineascents.com, you sign up to join an expedition for $70,000, you buy a plane ticket to Nepal, and you start walking. And then two months later, you've gone up and down the mountain. So I think it's okay for us just all say now, since we have an idea of how to do it, let's just say we've climbed Mount Everest. Unless... Unless, of course, thinking something doesn't mean I've done something. And maybe too many of us here are thinking we're living a Christian life, but very few of us are actually doing it. I actually know most of you, and so I shouldn't say very few of us because I know most of us in the room are. Um, But... Thinking we're doing something does not mean we're actually doing it. And so it's a dangerous place to be when you think you're following Jesus, but you're really not. Uh, this series is a two-week series on faith. And we're, we're looking at uh, tonight the faith that we all share, trying to understand it more, trying to understand it better. And my hope for all of us is to understand faith from a biblical point of view. Because there's actually a lot of different perspectives on this word, what it means, how it can be used. But I want to look at it from a biblical perspective. Faith, it is not what you think, is tonight's message title. Um, Faith, it is not what you think. 
Um, so Hebrews 11 is where we're going to be today. We go to the Bible because Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So we go to God's word to see truth and to be set free by it. Hebrews 11, one through three says this. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their uh, (laughs) commendation. Commendation. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. I had to practice that so many times, and so I'm so bummed I tripped. Um, (laughs) By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, We are, as Christians, invited into a life of following Jesus. Uh, And the Christ-following life, um, we're invited into it. We're invited to walk in obedience to Jesus. Walk in obedience to Jesus. That is why we're here today. That's why we come to Emmaus. That's why we come to peace on Sunday mornings. That's why we get involved in community groups and men's ministry, women's ministry, uh, to serve in different ministries because we're here to follow Jesus, to make steps of obedience to Jesus, reading scripture, praying together, worshiping the Lord together. That is what we're doing. We're following Christ. What is it that we need to follow Christ? There's actually a lot of answers that are technically right to that question, but tonight we're talking about faith specifically. It is a foundational thing we need. We are saved by faith alone. Faith alone. We need faith. Uh, So what is faith? I think that there's a lot of words that fall in a similar category in faith um, in this way. It's a word that we can use so much that we beat it into meaninglessness. Because we use it too often without ever defining it or seeking to understand it. So we've established that it's vital. The Bible's clear. We need faith. We all agree it's needed. But I want to spend some time talking about what it even is, uh, lest we forget and only hold on to its empty shell rather than the full thing. Throughout Scripture, we are confronted with examples of faith. You can think of most Bible stories and you'll see an example of faith being lived out. When Abraham was called into a land he did not know, when Moses lifted his hands to the yet-to-be-divided waters, when Israel was carried through a land not sown, faith is seen in these stories of men and women who did not have the knowledge needed, they did not have the power needed, and everything was against them. That's the context of these stories of faith. People who did not have the knowledge they needed, they did not have the power they needed, and everything was against them. That's the context that we see faith stories in. So let's go to Hebrews 11, walk through it, and get a better definition of biblical faith. And Hebrews 11 is like a classic passage to go to for faith. It's like a defi- it like defines the edges of what we word by the, mean by the word faith. It rounds it out, so... Let's go to the first three verses, though you could read all of chapter 11 and even into 12 and get a more robust picture. Um, And if you guys want to do that in your discussion groups, I'd encourage it, but we're just in the first three verses. So verse one says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. My entire Christian life, 
I've struggled with what that sentence means, um, and I've loved digging into it to have a better understanding. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is assurance. It is the assurance. Assurance. The assurance of what? Of what we hope for. Faith is the assurance of what we hope for. So when I sit down in a chair, everyone stand up. All right. When we sit down in a chair, we have assurance that it will hold us. Everyone sit back down. We all just trusted our chairs to hold us, right? When we sit down in chairs, we have assurance that it will do what it promises to do. A chair promises to to hold us up in the seating position. Um, The act of faith is in you shifting all of your weight towards the chair and trusting that it will do, having assurance that it will do what it promises to do. Faith is assurance in what we hope for. Uh, The verse also says, conviction of the things we do not see but anticipate, right? Conviction of the things that we do not see but what we do anticipate. We can't see it because we don't have it right now but we anticipate to one day see it. Conviction of the things we don't have yet. Assurance of the things we don't have but will. Faith is assurance. Verse two says, for by it the people of old received their common, dang it! Um, Everyone say the word, commendation. That's it, right? Okay. (laughs) Gosh dang it. I really did practice that so much by myself. Commendation. Um, anyway, uh, the, the pivotal verse, or part of that verse, is the word received. For the people of old received their commendation. It's the key word in verse 2, received. All has been received by having faith. By faith, they have received. We're going to pick up that theme later on, but notice it's not earned. It's not achieved. But by faith, they received. And then into verse 3. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible, God created the universe by his word. He made all that was seen through that which you don't see, through words. So take that same idea, right? What is not seen will bring about what will one day be seen. What is faith? Faith is assurance. Assurance of what? That one day we will see what we cannot see right now. Faith is that we will one day see what we cannot see right now. Assurance that we will see what we cannot see right now. And so that last part of the definition of faith, faith is assurance in what we hope for, the things we don't have right now but will, the things that we hope in, right, that's hope, 
things that we don't have right now but will. What are those things that we hope for? It's not arbitrary. It's not just what you feel that you really, really want in life. Faith is the assurance in the promises of God coming to fulfillment. We can only have faith in God's promises if we know them. That's a really challenging thing to hear. But we can only have faith in God's promises if we know them. How well do you know God's promises? And that question, I really hope that you do not hear that question in a terms of like judgment or shame. It's not a test. It is an invitation to learn more of scripture, to get closer to God, to walk closer to Jesus. It only gets better as you grow in knowledge of the Lord. How well do you know God's promises? So I would love uh, for us to spend time talking about this at our tables. The more that we learn God's promises, the more that we grow in confidence in God's promises, the more that we grow in faith because we grow in assurance of the things that we hope for, the things not yet seen. So let's talk in our groups. Here are some discussion questions that I'd love for us to talk together. Uh, what are the different ways to understand faith? So just take a back, take a few steps back. Like the word faith, what does it mean? There's songs that have the word in its lyrics. There's like blind faith or uh, a fool's, not fool's hope. There's just different ways to think of faith. You guys talk amongst yourselves. There's different ways that you've thought of it. Um, who in your life do you appreciate for their dependability? Or you could say their faithfulness. Uh, has there ever been a time where you felt like you had faith in the wrong person or the wrong thing? Uh, and then I would love if we could spend more time in Hebrews 1 through 3, talk about what stands out to us, what we were thinking of, um, any other parts of Scripture that it reminds us of or, or draws our attention towards. And then what is it that the Bible wants us to hope for and hope in? Basically, I'm asking, what are the promises of God? Uh, why can we have assurance of those things? And um, if there's any questions that come up, um, I'd love for us to talk as a group because if you're thinking of another table, probably thinking of them and it'd be good to talk as a group about it. So uh, we're going to do that for the next 30 minutes and let's study the word together. And then I'll come back up and we'll conclude with worship. Feel free to grab more donuts too. Go team. All right, we ready? <laughs> Whoa. Um, were there any questions that were like, ah? <laughs> ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> How many licks? One, two, three. Oh. Um. <clears throat> Any? Cool. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the header that I have right here is the anatomy of faith. Um, and it's just like more commentary and reflection that I have on, on the passage. But um, we are not going to get up the hill or up the mountain. Uh, we're not going to climb anything uh, to get to eternal life in our own strength. It's not ever the point of scripture or of the gospel. We are not going to get up the hill in our own strength. 
God did not bring us, did not bring you into the Christian life because you are strong enough. Jesus redeemed you because he is strong enough. That is, that is the point of when we talk about faith, when we talk about the gospel in scripture. God did not bring you into the Christian life because you are strong enough. Jesus redeemed you because he is strong enough. And the only way we're gonna be able to walk through the Christian life is by relying on the strength of God. And so something for us all to consider is how often do we pray? How well do you know his word? right? That same question. How well do we know his promises? He is inviting us into further confidence, into further assurance, into further faith the more we learn about his promises. Um, Another just inviting question, how else could you better receive and accept the grace of God? Just other, how else could we do that? Um, I think coming to Emmaus, doing Bible studies, going to community groups, um, being involved in different ministries, serving alongside his brothers and sisters. There's just how else could you better receive and accept the grace of God? The answer is always faith. By faith. And I really think the phrase by faith is one of the most inviting and beautiful and encouraging phrases in all of Scripture. For all of the questions we have, how can I be saved? How can I get from point B to point, to point C or point A to point B is what I was supposed to say, but I started with B. How can I climb the mountain? How can I move the mountain? How can I beat the giant? How can I overcome this habit? How can I get past this anxiety? How can I get beyond this depression? How can I go through this valley? And I don't know what answer you're looking for because quite often we're looking for all sorts of different answers, but scripture gives us something better than the answer we're looking for. Scripture gives us the answer we need by faith. How can you get through this moment? How can you get through this season? How can you get through this year? How can you get through your life? By faith. That's easier said than done, Logan. It's a good thing you're not the one doing it. God is by faith. He's getting us by along by faith. Um, So I want us all to think of that the next time we look at the cross, which hopefully we all can see from that angle. You might not be able to. I apologize. There's a cross. The next time that we look at a cross, which is the symbol of our faith, Jesus is not saying, he is not saying, pick that up and earn life. Jesus is saying, I picked that up. Now receive life. And I think that changes everything. Uh, we all carry different crosses through life, different burdens, uh, different struggles. Uh, but now when we look at the cross and hear Jesus saying, I carried that for you, receive life. When we think of the different crosses we're carrying, we can realize they're not damning us because we aren't the only ones carrying it. Jesus carried it for us. And we wonder why his word says his burden is light. He walks through life with us and by faith. So that's why we say faith is not what we think. Not because you misunderstood faith. It's not what you thought. No, faith is not what we think. As in intellectual assent can never compare to dependence on God. 
Faith is us depending on God. It is not simply what we think. It's not what we're able to do at all. It is the assurance in the promises of God. It's 100% receptive, receiving, 100% trusting that God will be who he says he is. That God will be who he says he is. Um, one last thought, illustration. I have, if you know me, you probably know this about me, but I have a fascination with clouds. Some of you knew that. Raise your hand if you knew that. I've said it before. Sweet. That's why you know it, because I use this illustration sometimes. Um, because when I see clouds move across the sky and dwarf large trees and just make the widest fields uh, f- seem small, I'm reminded of how small I really am. And I love feeling small because then God feels much bigger. John the Baptist said, I must become less. He must become more. Um, I don't need to feel bigger than my problems. I need to recognize that God is much bigger than them. That I don't need to feel competent. I don't need to feel able. I don't need to feel capable because my abilities are not the point at all. In fact, if I'm even thinking about my capabilities, I've missed the point completely. My successes and my failures are completely meaningless when we talk about faith. Because faith is not about what I can do or cannot do. It's about what Jesus has done. Um, C.S. Lewis puts it this way. There is immense weight in our lives. There is immense weight on our backs and only humility can carry it. The backs of the proud will be broken. Just love that, that thought. The immense weight in our lives, only humility can carry it. Only those of us that allow Jesus to walk with us, that focus on him. Um, faith is not about being strong, being disciplined, being smart, being wise, being holy, dignified, beautiful. Faith is recognizing that Jesus is. Faith is assurance in God's promises, period. Faith is assurance in God's promises. So let's practice that as we orient our hearts away from what we do, away from us, and we orient our hearts towards him, what he's done, who he is, what he's promised. Let's do that now and orient towards our Savior. Father, thank you so much for all that you are, all that you do, um, all that you have done, all that you promised to do. And Father, I just pray that um, everyone in this room, that we not only leave here closer to you than we were when we came in, but we also feel a level of excitement and eagerness and um, just we feel the invitation that you're giving us to grow closer to you through the deepening of our knowledge of you and your promises as we grow in confidence in your promises, who you are, what you've done, what you say you will do. God, you're so good and we thank you for the way you love us. I just pray now that we have open hearts, um, open eyes to see you clearer. We love you. In your name we pray, amen.